God, we want more of you. We want more of you, God. We want more of you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every hand lifted. I pray that you leave here different than the way you came in. I pray that in the name of Jesus. Before you're seated, before you're seated, uh, I was traveling this week and uh, it, w- it was a unique trip that I was on because uh, I, have a, I have a friend that owns a great deal of property back east and he said, I want you to come pray for my office complexes. And he goes, I, I want to sell them. And uh, he says, I'm believing that I'll make $55 million when I sell it. And I want to give some money to what you're doing in Central America and South America for the glory of God. So I anointed those buildings. I said... Let's not make 55 million. Let's go for 60 million. Come on, somebody. God is able. Amen. Amen. You know, you can't reach souls without money. It takes money to reach out. It takes money to evangelize. It takes money to go over the world. And how many know we serve a God that is able? Come on, give him praise. Come on, you can do better than that. Give him praise. got to say this too. I've never received so many birthday texts, Instagram. uh, I mean, I was responding all day with texts and Instagram. I I was the worst in meetings. I mean, I was just on my phone all day. And I I usually don't like doing that, but it was worth it. And I I really did feel the love. So give yourself a big hand. Come on, because I really did feel, I did feel loved. I have to admit, I I was like, man, I've never had so many birthday wishes. Come on, somebody. So I'm very grateful. Why don't you give your neighbor a high five before you're seated? Tell them God is still on the throne. All right, give our worship team a big hand. Man, we have an amazing worship team, don't we? I mean, they just... Pastor Shalom does a wonderful job, and just, it's great to see so many wonderful people here today, and see so many people in the upper deck, and God is doing some amazing things. I have a title to my message, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you, then I'll, I'll, I'll kind of revisit it at the end. I have a very simple title. It's called, I'm Praying for You. I'm Praying for You. I'm Praying for You. And uh, I wanted to start my sermon today uh, in a way that I, I kind of go in a little bit of a different direction than I normally might do. But I wanted to just preach today because we live in a world that needs Jesus. Let me say it again. We live in a world that really needs Jesus. I mean, I, I heard about Omnicrom and I thought it was a, a transformer when I first heard about it. And I said, Optimus Prime can handle Omnicrom. Come on, somebody. And, but how, how many know we, we live in a world that we need Jesus? And 
as I have traveled a good bit, I, I have seen a lot of different things. I have heard a lot of different things. And the one thing that I have noticed is most people realize they need a savior. Most people realize it. Not everybody, but a good bit of people realize they need a savior. They need someone to save them. And that's why there are so many different religions. And let me talk to someone just for a moment, even if it's just one or two people that maybe don't know who their savior is. Or maybe they're deciding who their savior is. I want to tell you this. You need a savior that's worth having. Let me say it again. You need a savior that's worth having. You need a savior that's worth having. You need a savior that can heal blind eyes. You need a savior that it can open deaf ears. You need a savior that the lame can walk, the blind can see, the deaf can hear. I want a savior. If I was picking a savior, which I already have, but if I wasn't and I was picking a savior, I'd like to see a resume. Por favor. Come on, somebody. I want to see what you have done before I choose you. Come on, somebody. I need to see your resume. And I'm grateful that Jesus Christ has a very impressive resume. You can look through Genesis all the way to Revelation. He's a healer. He's a redeemer. He is our all in all. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I want a savior worth having. There's a lot of people that call themselves a savior, but they can't save themselves from the grave. Death took them out. Come on, somebody. There's a lot of people that said they were the savior, but death swallowed them up. But how many know our Jesus, death could not hold him. Let me say it again. Death could not hold him. The grave could not contain him. Hell couldn't wrap around him because he was able to conquer. Mm. You got to have a savior worth having. And, and I'm amazed how many people actually want a savior. But they're flooded with so much misinformation and they don't know, they don't know, they don't know who to put their faith in. But how many know this church, we knew who to put our faith in. Let me say it again. We know who to put our faith in. It is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. And so I want to look at Acts chapter 4, and I want to read just a few verses here. And I may read more, but starting at verse 7, and it says this. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? And I want to read verse 10. And it says, let it be known to you all and to the people, all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. Verse 12 says this, nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Peter and John were going to the temple and they healed a man. And it created a lot of, con lot of uproar. Things got, a lot of chaos began to happen. 
And so we see in Acts chapter 4 that the religious leaders bring them in. And what they want to do is they want to scare them. They, they want to threaten them. They want to tell them, don't be doing this anymore because they actually can't argue what they did because the man was healed standing in front of them. See, this is the amazing thing when God does miracles. You can't deny the miracle working power of God because when you see it firsthand, it's right in the middle. It's right on Front Street. When we were in Honduras, we saw blind eyes open. We saw people delivered of demons. We saw the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. And you can't argue with that kind of stuff. I was traveling this week, and I was showing everybody what God did in Honduras. I was texting Vanessa, send me more pictures. I was like, this man was blind, but we prayed for him. Now he can see. This woman was blind, and before you know it, she can see now. This person was lame, and now they can walk. This person can't hear, now they can hear. Come on, somebody. There's something powerful about the miracle working power of God. You can't deny it. When it's right in your face, you can't deny what Jesus can do. And I know I'm looking in the room today in this wonderful tabernacle, and I see a lot of miracles. I see a lot of miracles in the house. I see a lot of miracles. You should be dead, but by the grace of God. You shouldn't even be here right now, but by the grace of God. You should be in prison for a long time, but by the grace of God. Your marriage shouldn't be together, but by the grace of God. I see some miracles in the room. And I want you to understand something. That religious people sometimes get a little weird. Mm. See, I have a relationship. I have a relationship with Jesus. He ain't my, he, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. With religion, you do things out of obligation, out of duty. I come to church because I'm obligated to come to church. No, I come to church because I want to come to church. I come here because I want to praise God. I come here because I want a fellowship. I come here because I want I want God to speak into my life. I want to learn more. I want to grow more. I want to be more like him. Religion kills, but relationship brings life. Let me say it again. Religion kills, but relationships bring life. Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says this. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Let me just pause here. This is what I love about Jesus. He can take someone that's not educated. Go ahead. Now, you may see me sophisticated. Come on, somebody. I get it all the time. They say, Pastor Brian, you're very sophisticated. I, I understand that. But I wasn't always this sophisticated. Come on, somebody. I didn't always have the Jordans with the Supreme logo on it. Come on, somebody. Someone got that for my birthday. Pastor Shalom hooked me up. Come on, somebody. Uh, Pastor Shalom gives the best birthday gifts. If he likes you. If he doesn't, yeah. If he doesn't, you just get a card. Come on, somebody. 
Can I get a loud amen? Just to say this too, I got a, um, a what's it, a DM from the uh, the son of the new president of Honduras. The woman we prayed for has now become the president of Honduras, and. Someone said to me, do you condone her policies? I said, I don't, I don't know what her policies are. I said, but I'm praying for her soul to be saved. And I said, I want to be a witness to her. I want her to be saved. I said, I'll pray for anybody. Come on. And so they were uneducated and untrained. But this is the power of the gospel. The gospel can take uneducated and untrained men and women and Jesus can just breathe on them. And all of a sudden, they're before kings and queens. They're preaching the gospel. They're doing things that in the natural they shouldn't do. But there's something amazing about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was with all these millionaires this week. I mean, people that own companies and people that were former uh, football players and different things like that. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, how did I end up here? And I realize it's because of the grace of God. God will put you in rooms you don't belong to be, you don't even deserve to be in, but God has put you there for a reason. Can I get a loud amen? It's amazing how Jesus can breathe on a life. Doesn't matter if you're a drug addict, doesn't matter if you're an alcoholic, doesn't matter where you came from. It's amazing how he can pull you from that miry clay and set your feet upon the rock of salvation and everything can begin to change. And before you know it, you're in places you shouldn't naturally be. But that's the gospel. And then verse 14 says this. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. See, when I was showing a lot of these people testimonies this week of blind eyes opening, deaf ears opening, I love the video of Pastor Alba in the nose. They couldn't say a thing. And they weren't believers. And they said, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And they were so amazed by the healing power of God. See, when you have a testimony... When you have, when God has done something in your life, when you see the miracle working power of God firsthand, it does something to somebody. You can't argue it. When you see a blind boy that was blind his entire life and now he can see, you can't argue it. When you see someone that was deaf and their wife was involved in witchcraft and she renounces witchcraft and burns all her witchcraft paraphernalia and the man, her husband that was deaf starts to hear for the first time after she did all that and the whole family gets saved, you can't argue what God can do. That's why we need the power of God in our church. 
in our world. We're not here just to entertain you. I'm, I, I'm not here to be the cool pastor. I'm here to preach the gospel with miracles, signs, and wonders. We need the power of God. We are here. Man, you come to our women's group. Come on, somebody. Alba's going to lay hands on you and believe for a miracle in your life. You come to the men's group. Pastor Rob ain't going to play games with you. He's going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need the power of God. We need testimonies, more testimonies like this. Verse 15 says this. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. And that's what's happening with our church. I get calls all the time. What's happening in Whittier and around the world, when people see it on Instagram, when they see it on Facebook, they can't deny that something has happened. When you see blind eyes open, you can't deny that something has happened. Come on. Verse 17. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. You know, you can go to a lot of public schools and people can pray to Buddha, Muhammad, Confucius, I don't know who else. But man, if you mention the name Jesus, whew, people start to get upset. Don't mention that name. For some reason, that name bothers people. For some reason, that name creates chaos. For some reason, that name just stirs up a city. When you mention the name Jesus, and that is the enemy's tactic, don't mention Jesus Christ. Don't mention him. You can say God. You can say Lord. But don't mention Jesus Christ. You can say this or you can say that. But don't mention Jesus Christ. And this is what they say. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. I want you to understand something. Peter and John said, look, I know you don't want us to mention that name, but I've seen too much. I've heard too much. I got to mention that name. I got to mention the name that's above every other name. The See, I've seen too much and I've heard too much. What I love about my wife, Natalie, stand up for a minute. 
Isn't she beautiful? Yeah, she's beautiful. But Pastor Rod Parsley was right. She is a Bible-believing, fire-baptized lover of Jesus. And I know you don't live with me, but I live with me and her. Come on, somebody. And what I've realized is we can turn on the TV. Come on, somebody. And we will watch preaching. And my wife is not quiet. Come on, somebody. When we'll listen to somebody preach, and all of a sudden she'll be like, mm, amen. She will, amen, the part, you know, the a preacher will be preaching on TV, and he's talking about the resurrection. He, she goes, he is risen. He is risen. And she'll just start talking to the TV. Now, now my wife can praise. My wife can worship. My wife can amen with the best of them. She can shout you down. She can stand up. Can I get an amen? And she does it all the time. And, and I've learned that I've seen some things and I've heard some things. And you can't, see, I gotta, I, I, I'm diagnosed with something. Lean over your neighbor and say, he, he's got a case of something. Lean over your other neighbor and say, he's got a case of something. See, I got a case just like Natalie has a case of the can't help it. See, I can't help but mentioning his name. I can't help but bragging on Jesus. I can't help but telling people what he's done in my life. I can't help but telling people about the love of God. I can't help but telling people, I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was once bound, but now I'm set free. See, I got a diagnosis that I wish the church as a whole would pick up. A case of the can't help it. See, you can go everywhere and talk to everyone about everything else but Jesus. But when I walk in a room, I can't help but talk about Jesus. He's the first thing on my mind in the morning and the last in the evening. I can't help but talk about his goodness. I can't help but talk about his praise. I can't help but talk about how he delivered me. See, I got a case of it. I got a bad case. I've had it for a long time. I can't get rid of it. Peter and John are like, look, I got a case of the can't help it. Even if I wanted to shut up about the name, I can't do it. Even if I wanted to not mention the name, I can't do it. I've seen too much. I've heard too much. You don't get him. I've seen too much. I've seen him deliver drug addicts just like that. I've seen him take needles out of drug addicts' arms, and now they're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've seen him deliver alcoholics in a moment. I've seen him bless people financially that had no reason to be blessed. I've seen God move in ways that you can't imagine. I've seen too much, I've heard too much, and I can't stop mentioning that name. But we got a church world that don't even want to mention that name. We got a church world that'd rather tell you about God and the Lord, but don't mention the name Jesus. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus is God, and Jesus is Lord. And if you... I can't help it. He's pulled me out of too much. I, I, he delivered me out of too much. 
He broke chains in my life that nothing could break other than Jesus. He healed me when doctors couldn't heal me. He delivered me when everyone else gave up on me. He, he used me when everyone else said he's unusable. He did what only he could do because he's the God of heaven and earth. I got a case I can't help it. I can't help it. I'm going to mention Jesus. I'm going to mention Jesus to unbelievers. I'm going to mention Jesus to believers. I'm going to mention Jesus in the morning, and I'm going to mention Jesus in the evening. I'm going to mention Jesus when I go to people's works and when I don't go to people's works. I'm going to mention Jesus all day long. We need a church that starts mentioning Jesus more than Omicron. We need to mention Jesus more than coronavirus. We need to mention Jesus more than cancer. We need to mention Jesus more than drug addiction. We need to mention Jesus more than alcoholism. We need to mention Jesus. But I got an amazing wife. Let me get back to that. She will amen the house. I mean, she prays. I mean, I got a woman that prays. I mean, she prays. And, you know, since we've been married, I fought some battles. I've been in a few battles. And what I love about my wife, before I go on a trip, you know, when I first went to El Salvador for our first crusade, my wife doesn't come with me because we have, we have two children right now that are just a blessing in our life, and we love them dearly, and she needs to take care of them. Come on, somebody. Because you don't want me to take care of them. Come on. <laughs> so it's probably a blessing when I leave because she takes care of three kids when I'm there, and then only two when I leave. So... So she's probably happy sometimes. But she says something to me all the time, every time. And I remember when I went to El Salvador for the first time, she said, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And it's not just words. She prays and believes. I got really sick the first time. She goes, I'm praying for you. The enemy began to lie to me. I heard him this year. He said, you're not going to preach. All this money, everything you spent, it's worthless. You ain't going to win these gangs on this place. I remember all the lies the enemy was telling me. But I heard my wife saying, I'm praying for you. I remember waking up Saturday morning before the crusade, not thinking I was going to be able to preach. And the enemy probably thought he won. And all of a sudden, strength came back into my body. See, I've seen too much. I've heard too much. I've heard time and time when I go out and maybe we're raising money for one of our crusades and we need money for our crusades. 
my wife would say, I'm praying for you. And all of a sudden, money would come in that we would need for the crusade. I remember a lot of times, my wife, I would go and I'd be counseling somebody or going into a situation that was very dark, maybe have to cast out a demon. I remember my wife saying, I'm praying for you. See, I need you to understand something. I need you to get this, that there's something powerful when you got some people behind you that are praying for you. And there's something incredible when you have a church behind you that is praying for you. See, I still believe prayer works. I still believe there's power in prayer. I still believe that God is moving supernaturally. See, I got a wife. When I go to battle, she doesn't tell me, you need to do this and you need to do that. You need to have this. You need to have that. My wife is a woman of God. And she'll lean down and say, I'm praying for you. And you don't know what that will do in someone's life God gave me a mandate this week for our church we are going to be a praying church to go to the next level we need to learn how to pray more we need to pray more and I want to pray for you say Pastor Brian we have a lot of people that come through this church I understand I might not be able to pray for each one of you individually but I gotta I gotta put it up here I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I know in this season, especially the Christmas season, some people have gone through some stuff. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your family. If you got prayer requests, we want to pray for you. We want to pray for breakthrough. Let me say it again. We want to pray for breakthrough. We want to pray that God moves. See, I don't want to, see, this is what's happened. Somehow, Prayer has no more power because we just say it, I'm praying for you. I don't want people to say I'm praying for you. I want people to get on their knees and cry out to God and say, I'm praying for you because I'm calling on the God of heaven and earth and I'm interceding for your behalf. I'm praying for you. I got a wife, I'm just going to brag on her for a minute, that doesn't tell me this or that. But when I leave to go out of town, she never stops. To, she always says it. I'm praying for you. And I'm here to tell you, I'm praying for you. And it makes a difference. Prayer works. There's power in prayer. I'm praying for you. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. I can't help it. I believe there's breakthrough in prayer. Mm. I've had I've had a lot of religious people. When we started all these crusades, Pastor Bill, not everybody was happy. I had people come up to me, pastors, men of God. What are you doing? You're endangering lives by doing these crusades in the middle of a pandemic. I said, heaven is real and hell is real. And I said, people are going to hell during a pandemic. We have to stop that. We have to stop that. Hell is a place where the worm never dies, the gnashing of teeth, constant torment. 
Hell is a horrible place. Horrible place. No one, hell was not built for man. And I'm here to tell you, I had religious people tell me all the time, what are you doing? Who do you think you are? But I had a wife. Every time I'd get off one of them calls, she'd lean over to me and say, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. We want to lift up your arms too. We as a pastoral team want to pray for you. We want to pray for you in your time of need, but also in your time of blessing. We're in this together. Iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. I remember I'd call my wife from the different crusades. She'd always end the conversation. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I wanted to share that, not just to tell you how amazing of a wife I have. But there's something powerful about that. We've lost that. Somehow we just give it lip service now. Pastor Bill, I'm praying for you. Are you really? Or are you just saying that? I don't want to be a church that just says things. I don't want to be a church that just says, I want to be a church that does it. I want to be a church that's about it. Because I can't help it. It changed my life. Charles Spurgeon said, I don't know if you have this quote. If Jesus is anything, if Christ be anything, he must be everything. I'm tired of lukewarm Christianity. I'm tired of people being like followers of Jesus, like a light switch. They're on one moment, and then they're off the next. I'm tired of it because I believe God has more for us. I believe this is not where the end is. I believe this is just, I believe this is just the floor of what God has next. See, we have a lot of Christians that are like light switches. One minute they're on, I love Jesus, praise God, God's moving. And the next minute, they're off. Maybe God's blessed them. Maybe God's, they're going through a problem. Whatever it is, we have a lot of people that are on one moment and then off the next. I don't know about you, but I can't help but praise his name. I can't help but speak of his name. I can't help but call on the name. I can't help but lift up the name. I can't help but tell everybody what he's done in my life. I can't help but lift up the name that's above every name. I ain't no Christian light switch. One moment on and one moment off. I'm a child of God. I belong to a royal priesthood. I'm an heir to the kingdom of heaven. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above, not beneath. I'm here to tell you, stop being a light switch. Stop being on one moment and off the next. God has called you. God has delivered you. God has set you free. I can't help it. 
He changed my life when no one else could change it. He rearranged my life when no one else could. He's the God of heaven and earth. You're too good for Jesus? Well, I don't mention his name around these people because I know they don't like it. That's where you need to mention it. Well, you know, I could get fired at my work. Don't ask me this one. Get fired. God will provide you another job, and it will be better. Let me say, that's as radical, Pastor Brian. I am radical. If you have not caught that, you're in the wrong church. There's probably a dead church down the street that's meeting online that you can go to. Come on. I'm here to tell you that we are called by God to lift up that name. I'm not going to stop mentioning that name. I'm not going to stop proclaiming that name. That name saved me. That name delivered me. That name empowered me. That name gave me a family. That name changed my life. That name restored everything. That is the name. That's my savior. That's my savior. That's my Jesus. Well, if I mention that name and family functions, they'll kick me out. Get kicked out. It is the only name which men shall be saved. It is the only name that can change our city. It's the only name that can change our community. It's the only name that can move things. It's the only name that can heal. When we pray for healing, we don't pray it in our name. We don't pray it in our church's name. We pray it in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that's above every other name. There is a name. There is a name. Tired of a weak church pretending like they're doing something because they post stuff on Instagram and TikTok and whatever the heck else is out there. I don't care what you do on TikTok. If you're not mentioning the name of Jesus in your workplace all around you, if you're not lifting up the name of Jesus, it doesn't take much strength to lift him up on TikTok, but get in front of someone face to face and tell them that Jesus changed your life. He pulled you from that miry clay. He set your feet upon the rock of salvation. If you thought I was bold before, I'm just starting to get bold. I'm ready to get more bolder than ever before. I'm in front of these millionaires and they go, how does this happen? I said, there is a name. It is the name of Jesus. He can save you. He can heal you. He can deliver you. What I'm saying, in that old time, I, I, he's been around for a while. I said, he's definitely old time. Come on. He's there. They said, what do you mean? I said, he was there in the beginning. And he was there, and he'll be there at the end. He was there in the beginning, and he'll be there at the end. There is a name. I can't stop saying that name. No matter how much you want me to shut up, I can't shut up. I won't shut up. You can't shut me up because there is a name above every other name. Come on. Stop playing church. Either he's... Either he's everything or he isn't. 
Either he's everything or he isn't. You can't be 50% in. You, you, you can't straddle the fence. Well, you know, no. Either get in or get out. You actually do more good if you get out. Because you'll hit a rock bottom one day. And you'll jump over the fence to get back in. But if you're always straddling the fence, you're going to miss it. Get in. God will change your life. God will change your marriage. God will deliver you. He's the only one that can. Jesus will heal your marriage. Jesus will deliver you from sin. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's not your power of positive thinking. That won't work. Well, I'm a good person. I don't care how good you are. It's the name of Jesus that can change your life. Well, well, well I, I help people. I don't care if you help people. If it ain't Jesus, you're missing it. Well, I, I, I think the right way. I don't care how you think. You need Jesus in your life. He's the only one that can change your thinking. He's the only one that can deliver you of your stinking thinking. He's the only one that can set you free. He's the chain breaker. I say it all the time, Buddha's dead, Muhammad's dead, Confucius is dead, but Jesus is alive. So I'm telling all these rich people, I said, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And I could see their eyes. I could see it. They never heard that like that. They never heard a bold gospel message. Because there's about something about when someone's bold and gives God the glory. See, giving God the glory don't look like, God, I'm thankful. One moment. Then I forget about you the next. Truly thankful and grateful people. They look a little different. Check comes in the mail. From your taxes. Instead of giving thanks to your job. Giving thanks to the state of California. Or the federal government. People are grateful. They do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I've watched my wife thank Jesus over bills. Thank you, Jesus. I go, why are you thanking him over bills? She goes, well, we have a house. <laughs> and we Thank you, Jesus, for these bills. Because we have a house to put our head under every night. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus, for the water bill. You get to take hot showers every day where some places in the world you don't. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise him. Thank you. I want to be one of them people. You know what I'm talking about. Like them older saints. You ever talking to an older saint that just has been serving Jesus so long? How you doing? I'm blessed. I'm blessed and highly favored. 
What's God doing in your life? Ooh, what isn't he doing? Come on. Um, what's God up to? He's a miracle-working God. Mm, what's going on? How's the family? God's blessed them. God's kept them. God saved them. I'm thankful to Jesus. I want to be like one of them older saints. Come on. Especially like an older woman. Come on, saint. Not that I want to be like an older woman because that would be against the word of God. Come on, somebody. But I want to be like one of them saints who just thank Jesus all the time. How did you get here? It wasn't by my own intelligence. I didn't get to meet a president of a country because I had it all together. I didn't get to meet someone like that or meet millionaires because I had some secret formula. I didn't do it because I had something to offer them other than a name that's above every other name. See, what changes you? I'm here to tell you there's something about the name of Jesus. You think your intelligence got you here? You ain't that smart, honey. Lean over the person that thinks I'm smart. Say, you ain't that smart. Use the word ain't too, because say that ain't. You ain't that smart. I don't care how many degrees you got. I don't care if you're a double major, a triple major, a quadruple major. Your degrees will do no good in heaven. Jesus ain't going to ask you went to heaven. How, how many degrees do you have? He ain't going to ask you that. Come on. Nothing wrong with degrees. We offer a degree here at Valor Christian College. But it ain't about the degree. It's about Jesus. Someone touched by Jesus, touched by Jesus, can run farther than people with four degrees. That's the truth. That's the gospel. Because there is a name. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. You know what's amazing? You have to make a reservation here on earth for your accommodation in heaven. If you don't make the reservation here on earth, your accommodation won't be in heaven. Because once you're dead, you can't make the accommodation. We spend so much time collecting things for the natural. And we spend very little time in preparation for eternity. Most people don't prepare for eternity. God really spoke that to me this week. He said, prepare the people for eternity. Don't just prepare them for here on earth. This, your life, is but a twinkling. Be gone like that. Eternity is forever. Eternity is forever. You have to make reservations here on earth. 
for heavenly accommodations. You can't make it once you're dead. I'm the type too, I just don't want to make it to heaven. I want a crown. I want more. We don't ever even talk about that anymore. We prepare so much for things that will pass away so quick. We should be preparing more for something that will last forever. Eternity is forever. Ever. And the only way you can have accommodations in heaven is making a reservation here on earth. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're backslidden, Jesus as your Savior. There's no other name. There's no other name but the name of Jesus. Which you be, which men may be saved. Every head bowed, every eye closed. When I count to three, if you need to give your life to Jesus or rededicate your life to Jesus, today is the day of salvation. is but a vapor here today gone tomorrow two I break every chain of the devil if you need to rededicate your life to Jesus or give your life to Jesus for the very first time when I say three lift your hand high three three I see those hands I see I see after me say Jesus forgive me my sins I repent I turn towards you I want more of you less of me let me serve you all my days today I'm making a, rev- a reservation for heavenly accommodations. In Jesus' name. Amen. My worship team, come back. Everybody lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Put back on the screen, though. If you have a prayer request, I want to personally pray for you. Email it to us. Email it to us. Just leave it up if you can. We want to pray for you. I believe prayer still works. I want you to know I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Every hand lifted. I pray for a fresh fire to come over you and your family. May you no longer be in one season and out the next. May you learn faithfulness consistency serving Jesus over the long haul 
not just in the highs and not just in the lows. I pray that you can't stop, that you can't stop mentioning that name. I pray that you get the worst case of the can't help it. I pray that you are so overwhelmed with the can't help it that you mention him everywhere you go, at your job, at your work, at your school, at your office, at your family functions, on vacation, wherever you go. I pray that you just can't, just can't stop mentioning that name. I was telling my friend every, look at me for a second. God gave me a word for him. He's very wealthy. And he's believing for more in his life. And I said, if you want more, God just gave it to me so clear. God won't give you more if you can't glorify him for what you have now. And God told me to tell him, you give God glory for what you have now to everyone around you, and God will give you more. And so every hand lifted. Because you didn't get it because you're that smart. You didn't get it because you're that together. You didn't get it because you know this or that. Because you're the greatest computer programmer. You got it because God touched your life when no one else touched your life. God breathed on you. You didn't get it because you know all that. Don't fake the funk. You were nobody before Jesus. You may say, well, I was somebody. We are all nobody before Jesus. And the more you learn that, the more you get it. Told him, I said, if you want more, give God glory for everything you have. Give him glory for that washing machine. Well, it's not the new one, but it keeps running. Give him glory for that hoopty, that car that just keeps going. Come on, somebody. It may not look pretty, but it keeps running. Come on, somebody. the new Mercedes-Benz G-Wagon. Well, you can't get the new one until you're thankful for the hoopty you got. Come on, somebody. If you can't be grateful for your apartment, don't expect a new house. Come on, somebody. You got to learn to be grateful and faithful with the little before God gives you more. Man, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I am grateful. I'm grateful and thankful. Every hand lifted one more time. A spirit of gratefulness to come over this church. We're grateful. 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 Jesus, Jesus, we're grateful. Grateful. Where would we be without Jesus? Jesus. You wouldn't have been able to start that thing without Jesus. 
You wouldn't have the family you have without Jesus. You wouldn't have the wife you have without Jesus. You wouldn't have the husband you have without Jesus. You wouldn't have the job you have without Jesus. I just got to talk about him. Because he's done too much. I've seen too much and I've heard too much. I've seen too much and I've heard too much. I've seen him move on the mountaintop. And I've seen him move in the valley. I've seen him deliver drug addicts. I've seen him set the captive free. I've seen him heal blind eyes. I've seen deaf ears open. I've seen the lame walk. I've seen, I've seen God move through a city with his glory. I've seen salvations of thousands of thousands of thousands of people at one time. I've seen the move of God like a lot of people haven't. I'm here to tell you I've seen and I've heard too much to not mention that name. You won't shut us up. You won't keep us quiet. You won't keep us silent anymore. There's a world that needs people to be bold with that name because it can change everything. Come on. If you need prayer, get down here. I want to pray for you. We want to pray for you.
Oh, worthy, oh, worthy one.